Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast, back once again with the Fact Masters. My name's Dan, three for you this week. Uh, Stuff about missing nuclear weapons, also how much plastic you're eating, and what a faith shot really is and why it's terrifying. That's on my end. Connor is with us. What you got, Con? Uh, We're going to talk about webcams, FedEx, and music. And Mark also joins us. Hello, Mark. Yeah, this week for you, I've got falling animals, fire poles, and wigs. Thank you. A little bit late, but still sounding great. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, you'll find us slightly later than normal, and it's because we've just had to just bring Connor down. He's been he's been all of a fluster about his his boyhood club West Ham. How are you yeah. feeling, Connor? Yeah, gutted, absolutely gutted. If anybody is into football that listens, I'm sure that there's people all over the world right now that watch British football. You will know that my anger Never is there because West Ham haven't bought any players. So yeah. Well, I tell you what, Connor. Boost yourself up. Take your mind off another turgid, turgid day in the life of a West Ham fan and give us some facts. Okay, well, whenever there is something bad happening, like West Ham not signing players, there is a silver lining. And that was definitely the case with FedEx, the big old company that we know. So FedEx was facing huge losses. um, And it was on the verge of shutdown once upon a time when the owner, Fred Smith, impulsively went to Las Vegas. Whenever your company's doing bad, don't go to Las Vegas. Or maybe go, because you could be Fred Smith. He won $27,000 back in the 1970s playing blackjack alone, and it saved his company. Is it that easy to do that, though? To like, uh, Maybe things were different. I don't know. Is it that easy to just win loads of money and then invest into your company? Is that a thing? Mark, you'll know more about this. I guess you probably can, can't you? Well, I mean, the winning money is the tricky bit. The putting it into your business is the easy bit. It's more about the, you know, Vegas is Vegas. Some people come away winners, some people come away losers, don't they? You have got to be lucky or very good at that game. I thought you were going to say, Connor, that he literally just went and put all of his company's money on red or black. Just went, we're going to die anyway, so let's see if we can save ourselves with one final gamble. If your company's losing money and you're at the point where it could potentially go under, it could potentially shut down, the idea of going to Vegas and putting your last bit of money on blackjack is diabolically So I kind of judge him for that. Desperation, I guess, isn't it? Also, to pick blackjack's quite an interesting thing because I guess there's more of an element of skill in that than there is, you know, in roulette. Uh, and also, how do you, what do you do? So fine, you've now got the money to save your company. How do you save it? I mean, there's a reason that it's been doing terribly. Like, what, what do you do suddenly with almost 30 grand to try and save the day? Well, it was obviously a financial situation. I mean, looking back at it, it was more down to just finances. We're looking in the 1970s too. So I guess FedEx relies a lot on maybe online shopping. And that's why it's so big now when it's a delivery company. I don't really know in the 70s whether that company was the right company for that time. So it obviously wasn't doing particularly great. But it's very similar to that story as well. I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but there was that guy that 
wanted to do this really weird thing, which was sell everything he earned, um, put all of his money in a bank and stick it on red. And he put all of his life savings on one colour and it come in and he doubled his money and that was it. Done deal. I just think... Yeah, it's risk reward, isn't it? I don't have the I don't have the minerals for that at all. Yeah, I mean, I love a I love a bet. I I always have a little bet on football and stuff like that. Every so often, I enjoy it and obviously do it responsibly, obviously. But I don't think responsibly betting is putting your final money on a blackjack game when your company is about to die. Not wise. Yeah, I guess I guess what was the plan for afterwards? I guess the company ends. And you just do something else, maybe. Yeah, you just do something else and you, you pot this, you know. But hats off to Fred Smith. He turned it around and he done that all in Vegas. I don't want to know what else he got up to in Vegas because I can imagine with his mentality. What, what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas, Connor? We're not yeah. allowed to know that. I, I, re- I reckon he got up to bad yeah, things. Yeah, so he won 27 grand, but actually only managed to invest two of that into the company because he had one big celebrity. Annoying that he didn't call it Fredex, isn't it, really? You do feel like he's missing. Yeah. That, that's that's a bit that's a bit bothering for me. It almost it almost ruins the fact, but I don't know. I hope at least it's his nickname. Yeah, I've been to Las Vegas. Very much enjoy it. Uh, it is a lot of money to just be by a pool all day in the heat, though, in the middle of a desert. I think that that's really the appeal because you know I don't I can't really be asked much for the casinos and stuff. Um, they're a lot of fun, but. I don't know what I'm doing. So it's just a lot of money to chill out, buy a pool. I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. And watch DJs that I don't I, I know I fail about. to believe that anyone who even claims that they're good at it. No, you don't know what you're doing. Don't. I pretend. remember when I was at school, my mates who were very into poker at the time, and we would have been 17, 18, were like, oh, let's save our money. And then we'll get over there as, you know, as soon as we're 21 and then we can go and do it. And then we, obviously that never happened. And having been there and seeing some of the people at these poker tables, I mean, just imagine like, nine scrawny Brits from the home counties turning up on these big... I mean, we would have been made mincemeat of... Their eyes would have been wide open going, yeah, come to our table happily. Come on, in you, you come. might as well just open up well, your wallet. it's just a place of show. It's a place of show, isn't it? It's like so many other places now. You know, you've got places like Marbella in Spain and, and these areas. It's just a place to go and show off. Like, I think people go to Vegas, they get a table around a pool just to show off that apparently they have wealth when half the time it's on an Amex card. It doesn't appeal to me at all, Vegas. Not one bit of it appeals to me. You know, I always really enjoy Connor. Oh, he's, he's on his soapbox yeah, today, I always really he? enjoy when you... Connor get on his You have really box. strong opinions about, like, the most... Forgive the pun, baffling things. And I always enjoy when we manage to bring them out of you. Yeah. Vegas and Fred Smith. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. That's like getting cut off already. You only get one today, Mark. It's your last one. Uh, If you are one of our many listeners in America, uh, and if you're in Florida, then you might have seen it starting to rain iguanas. But there is a reason for this. Very, very quickly, if you are one of the many listeners in America and you do live in Las Vegas, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all of that. I'm, so, I'm sorry for yeah. Vegas. Tell me why it rains iguanas. So there's two key factors at play here. One is that there is a massive cold front of weather going through Florida right now. So southern Florida, which should be beautiful weather, should be sitting around a pool, showing off your wealth in Miami. It's got temperatures of about minus two degrees right now. It's about 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so it's very, very cold compared to normal. So then you take you take creatures like the iguanas, who are used to this warm weather. They're cold-blooded. So when the temperature drops, they start to basically stop functioning. They don't die, but their body just goes, I can't cope with this, so I'm just going to stop. Iguanas sleep in trees. So there's a weird phenomenon going on in Florida right now. The iguana is getting so cold that their body goes, I could cling on to this tree 
but I won't. And they're falling out of trees and it is raining iguanas across the uh, This uh, So basically it's raining iguanas under a tree with an iguana in it. So technically it's not raining iguanas, it's just an iguana's falling out of a tree. Technically, yes. Right. The fact is, is that iguana's bodies stop functioning when it gets down to a certain temperature. Yeah. And they fall mm. I'm, 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 not too I'm sh- glad that you led with the raining thing, because I think if you'd have come in and said iguana's bodies stop working when they get too cold, mm, let's scoot exactly. over that quickly. You've got to make it exciting. The only thing that I take from this that I enjoy, Mark, because I want to be honest with you, I don't think it's a great fact, right? But what I enjoy is you opened up with it's raining iguanas. So all I've got is a picture in my head of iguanas falling from the clouds. And for that, I thank you. There are other... And any time. I'm, I'm here for all audiences. Come there on. are other meteorological phenomena like this. I, I think in somewhere in South America, it rains fish because effectively they get carried up in rain and they get part of the convection system. Is that what it's called? Whatever it is, the rainfall system. They they get caught yeah. up in that, and and like fish properly do fall from the sky, not under a tree or anything. They actually rain fish, oh. uh, which is quite incredible. Um, good. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I'm not feeling as salty as Good Ship Connor is today, but I quite enjoyed that. Thank you very much. I mean. I'm in a I'm in a great mood. I'm in a really good mood, but it isn't raining. If Nicky you could Warners. translate that to this episode, that'd be great. <laughs> well, it's not raining niguanas. Niguanas are falling out of trees because they're chilly. <laughs> you're like you're like my yeah my girlfriend when you try and bring up the fact that they're in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood. You're in a bad mood of anything. Of anything, why are you making me in a bad no. mood? <laughs> I'm in a good I'm in a good mood, but I've just been told that it's raining iguanas. I'm getting really excited about it. Tell me more. Iguanas are bloody cold, and the poor bastards are falling out of trees. That is. It's just, it's not uh, the situation that you're telling me. God bless Mother Nature. She's a single woman who took on the heavens and did what she had to do. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Mark. Right, first fact of the show for me. The US military is missing six nuclear weapons. One, two, three, four, five, six of them. It's not the kind of thing you just want to misplace, is it? Yeah. It's correct. The first one that we know about that is missed is, was lost in 1950 on February the 13th. Unlucky, not near Valentine's, not lovey for Valentine's Day at all. It's, it's not been seen in 71 years and it was lost when the crew of a bomber were conducting a mock nuclear strike. It developed engine trouble, so they it's that they didn't want to crash with their nuclear warhead, so they dropped it into the Pacific Ocean. Nothing happened, so they don't know where it is. And this has been happened many times. The last one that we don't know about was dropped in 1968. It involved the loss of a Navy nuclear attack submarine. It sank. Still don't know where it is. Still don't know where the nuclear missile is. Obviously, tragic instance, but I am very concerned now at these six nuclear weapons that are just lost around the world. Do you think that it's a situation where obviously they've dropped it at sea? Do you think the nuclear weapons are still able to be used or do you think they're just damaged and ruined now and, well, and it's kind of that situation or do you think if somebody found them they could yeah, well, do some damage? Well I mean it would still have nuclear stuff in it and I don't know specifically how they work but you've got half-lifes with uh, particles and, and nuclear stuff like this which means that it lasts for thousands of years. So I'd imagine if you you know, were deep sea diving and you found it you could probably do some damage. I think all jokes aside Listening to this fact, slightly worrying, but little bit maybe, bit concerning that that's just around somewhere for somebody to maybe find. Maybe a little bit worrying that sounds like a good start of a Marvel film. Well, maybe talk- that could be a new Marvel start. You know, find the nuclear power, and all of a sudden you have um, I don't know, um, Broom Man. Broom, Broom. You so went, you broom went for Broom Man. 
Yeah, because Iron Man is a is a kitchen utensil and iron, isn't it? You sometimes iron in the kitchen. Then I, I went to broom. I thought Mop Man, but then I I'm thought I'm not Mop convinced Man. Iron Man is named after the thing you get your creases out with. Mm, I don't know. And I thought Mop Man is a little bit insulting. So Broom Man kind of sounds a bit... Man, that's, that's the next logical thing. Mm. Coming around and literally cleaning up crime. Oh, Mop, there we go. Absolutely. Thank you, yeah. Thank you very much. Just repeat, repeat you. that one more time. I'll say Broom Man, you say the tagline. Ready? Broom Man. Literally cleaning up crime. You would, well, there we go. You wouldn't need to put the literally in if it was a, a tagline. You would admit they're literally. No, no, no. I, I, I think you do. I think Broom Man literally follows up behind Iron Man and just cleans yeah. everything up. Because, I mean, I'm what with, else is he going to do with, with Mark, Broom powers? Mark, I'm with stop you. a bad guy. It's our He's thing. literally just it's cleaning up the glass that Tony Stark's just flown no, through. It's our thing. Making sure it looks pristine for his return. The, it does come from a film, uh, the term for this. So in 1996, there was a film called Broken Arrow, which features uh, the line... I don't know what's scarier, losing nuclear weapons or that it happens so often and there's actually a term for it. And the term is broken arrow, which means you've lost many nuclear weapons. So there you go. It's all about a broken do you think, arrow. Do you think that this would be a situation where... Someone turns into a broom, no. No, someone did actually discover the nuclear weapons. Do you think most people would admit they have? Or do you think they would try and do something with the tech inside it and kind of keep it all a little bit hush-hush? Yeah, I think you'd probably shut up, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd probably keep that very clean and quiet. Connor, give us your second fact of the show, please. Make it lighthearted and jokey. Well, it's actually quite a simple one, but I just found it really interesting. Um, When listening to music, apparently your heart will just be, be in sync with the rhythm of the track, and I never knew that. Does it, though? I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. It does. There's been, there's actually been sight. Well, here we go. Whenever there is a little bit of a moment where we think, are these facts real? What do you do? Yeah, go to science. A couple of scientists, so they've, they've looked into it, obviously. And yeah, apparently your heart will begin to beat in rhythm ever so slightly with the pace of the track. Do you not find that maybe when you're at a gig, though, or maybe you're at a loud venue and you know, a lot of bass, it really feel it within your heart. Like well, your heart is reacting to the beat of the track. Yeah, I think, I think things are getting confused. You, I, like you feel it with the bass because simply it makes a lot of vibrations, so you're more vibrating. So that's why you feel it. And like you know, most quite a lot of music is around sixty, seventy beats a minute, which is what your heart beats at anyway. So I think it's more it just naturally happens rather than it's beating in time on purpose. Like why would that ever be a thing? Well, it's science. You're the one who always mentions science. It's this science. Science have done this. Ah, uh, but there's just no. Per- and the heart's, you know the most important organ of the body. I don't know why it would manipulate itself so easily because you like a bit of David Guetta or whatever. Well, it's quite it's quite a, a, a nice thought, isn't it, that your heart's having maybe a little boogie along with you, you know? It's getting it's getting in touch with it. At what point, though, does this is this an actual fact podcast and not just, I read something that's a nice thought, so I'm going to believe it? Well, it was on a fact page and it was backed up with science and you've provided many of those in the last two and a half years, so... I just don't see how... I mean... I just don't see how your heart can suddenly, you know, you're listening to a bit of Adele and then suddenly you go to a bit of ACDC and your heart just suddenly doubles yeah. and beating. I think speed. if you was listening to a bit of Adele, you'd definitely have blood tra- transportation issues within the body because that, that's low. That, it's quite sad. Mm. You know, I can imagine the heart would be beating at quite a low, low rate. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind some of her more <laughs> nippier tracks, which I think is what people say. <laughs> Like the, you know, not the sad, sad, soppy ones, but 
you know, she releases those at the start to get everyone on board. By the way, I'm back and I'm, I'm still having a bad time of things. God. And then she'll bring out, you know, the big bops. Another, another, another Isn't good interesting. phrase. <laughs> Isn't it interesting and great to think that Dan is a radio presenter as well as this? So his, his job is actually to sell music and he's just used I believe that is how he refers to, to it on air. Yeah. Next, we've got that new nippy one from Adele. Nippy one from Adele. Yeah, so here we go. Actually, look, if you want to... If you, that was Adele? A great bot. If you want to get into it, nippier is not a bad description on the radio because at least everyone knows what I mean. I don't think they do. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. So the fire pole was obviously invented for firemen to be able to get down quickly. However, the origin of the fire pole is actually a little more interesting than that. So... I'd hope so. Firehouses... Go with me here. Firehouses used to have... The fire engine's on the bottom, but they used to be pulled by horses, and then they'd have sleeping quarters on the second floor. What they were regularly finding was that the horses from the ground floor were ending up on the second floor, getting stuck. So that is why they put in spiral staircases to stop horses getting up. That's what slowed firemen coming down. That's why poles got invented. Okay. All right. So the whole reason that poles got invented was to stop horses getting up the stairs and getting stuck in firehouses. Yeah, that's fine. I enjoy that. I find it tough when when you tell me to stick with you after you've just told me that you're going to explain to me the origin of fire poles. (laughs) I I find it tough. But I enjoy I enjoy that though the fact that they can't get down spiral staircases. That's 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 a a nice little quirk to a fact I already knew. I didn't know where it was going to go, and that was definitely nowhere near where I thought it was going to go. So with actual fire poles that they Use do they position them themselves when they arrive at a scene of a fire? Do they kind of mount them up? How does that work? What? I don't. What? I don't really understand. What, what you think when they when well, they what when they're putting out a fire? They say, look, one second, I'll save you and your baby in just a sec. I know the eaves are a, a blaze. <laughs> just let me install this massive pole. No, they, well, they have it. In, out of fire. They have it in fire the station. They're only fire in the sta- station. So in in fire stations, they've got the trucks now in the bottom floor. I don't know if they still have fire poles actually. Oh. In the top floor is where they would sleep. This is what Mark said. So it's just a very quick way. Oh Christ, Mrs. Farbanny's on fire. So then they. Whoop, they quickly get down. Oh, I thought they used them Pat to the get fire pole the- in the back of the fire engine just to make sure they can get a quick escape from the top yeah. of the fire. I thought they used them to get from the top floor of a building back down to the floor. I'm starting to feel like the fact should have just been what a fire pole was, let alone all this stuff about horses. I would have enjoyed it. I would have been shocked. Genuinely, it would have been like, never knew that. I never knew it was inside the fire station. I thought it was in the back of the truck and they set it up and you could get from the third floor to the ground floor nice and quick. Jeez, again, sometimes on the show, you, you prove yourself to be like really quick, really on it. Like with Broomman. You know, a million, a million thoughts in your head in half a second. And then you, you do something like that with the fire poles. And it just, it, I love the diversity of your brain. Mark's f- bewildered. Look at him. <laughs> How have you got through this many years of your life thinking that firemen took a pole with them? Right, second fact of the show for me, I want to tell you about a faith shot. This is what they use in the... In France's counter-terrorism unit. It's the G... What's I in French? G-E-G-E-G-N. The National Gendarmerie Intervention Group in English, basically, that's what it means. Right, anyway. They have this thing called a face shot. When they've done all their training, after 14 months of training, the day before, a new member of this counter-terrorism group get his pe- gets his, you know, colours and his medals you've passed, he has to shoot one of his comrades. He has to stand 15 metres away 
and a clay pigeon is attached to a bulletproof outfit that his colleague will wear, and that's the target, and they have to shoot one of his co-workers. It's symbolism, and it's also a technical gesture. It's like, look, you're one of us now, you're one of the brothers, you're one of the fraternity, but also it's showing that you can actually know what to do, and you can shoot the pigeon in a way that's not going to technically harm the um, the person who's receiving the shot. I guess it's reassurance as well, maybe, for the fact that, you know, your bullet shields work. Yeah, it's all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's it's trust in your other person, yeah, isn't it? you're one of us. That you can stand there and be shot going, I trust you. I trust this is going to be okay. Yeah. It's a bit like Kick-Ass 2, isn't it? Because also, it's... Um, never seen it. Uh, it's... You've got to have complete trust in each other because you both can't move. Because if one of you does move, it's going to massively affect things and you might end up killing someone and then being a killer. Mm. Please reveal how it's like the film Kick-Ass 2. Well, the bad guy shoots his daughter and proves to her that the bullet shield works. Traumatic opening scene. You think, wow, you know, he's killed his young daughter. She's only 11. And then she gets up and goes, oh, daddy, that was cool. And then they go and become bad guys. And then Iron Man comes up swiftly followed by Broom Man. Yeah, Broom Man. Because I'm still trying to work out I'm still trying to work out Broom Man. Yeah, he, sure. Does he look like a broom or is the broom the thing? He can't, well, like, he can't look like... Spider-Man's got they, his they cannot look like a I broom. They really, cannot look like a broom. He's just really good at, at brooming. Yeah. Rapid because of brooming. a... Brooming. I'm, I'm glad you said that word. Do, do, do you think he, 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 he could use the broom and then like the broom becomes a, a weapon? Or do you not think if he looked like a broom, no. he's a little bit right. kind of... He can sit in the corner and then... No, you know, I can't sweep. emphasize enough. Broom Man is a superhero. He would not be able to fight bad guys. He literally cleans up after them. Yeah. Like Iron Man flies through a window. He's there with his broom, getting away the glass shards. So when they come back, it's nice and tidy. And, and yeah, okay. He's on no. the phone to the he's on the phone to the glass repair people. Yeah, I've got another window break. Can you come and sort it? Thanks, put it on the account. No, right? yeah, I agree. That's what I Broom agree. Man is. Yeah. Broom Man's like a glorified PA yeah. and cleaner. You would all in you one. would be annoyed, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because you've found this Un- forgotten about lost nuclear warhead and you think Christ what's this going to do am I going to be Spider-Man Superman have these incredible powers well yeah but it just means I can sweep up really quickly after someone by the way I don't really like yeah. Iron Man I-, I think Iron Man's wildly yeah, overrated whoa, 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 whoa. as in anyone that has to d- the, he's look he's paid for all of this he's got no technical powers he's just spent a lot of money right. it's ridiculous we're going to stop right there but all it's I am like going to say to fit like oh, you could I, be I, Batman I, if you're no, rich enough. But, but ba- I don't Batman, need interrupting. Batman's got a little Wait. bit of uh, you know mystery I'm and mystique here. and a bit of darkness to him. Iron Man's just an excuse for Robert Downey Jr. to be, oh look at me, I'm funny. Yeah, but you could just spend enough money and become Batman. That's my issue with Batman, right? You could just decide I'm going to be Batman and go and spend enough to become Batman. Connor once interviewed Robert Downey Jr., so he's got ve- Iron Man as a very, very near place right. to his heart. All I'm going to say is, okay, Mark, what are you going to say and what are you going to do if I go, broom man? That's not a steam chain, that's Batman's steam chain. Literally sweeps up the streets. I mean, why are you not there? For fuck's sake. Because it's the wrong theme chain. Broom man's theme tune is, broom man, brushing away the bad guys. Broom man, he's literally cleaning up crime. That's Brewman's theme tune. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hello, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word and we battle it out to see what word goes in to the A to Z of men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men. You can always get in touch with us, by the way. It's Invert Baffled Pod on the emails. We are on Instagram as well, at Baffled Pod there. And we've all got individual handles, which you can slide into if you so fancy. Let's make one for Broom Man. Mark, who's got in touch this week? Uh, we got an email this morning from Alina. She says, hello, my name is Alina, hello, Alina. And I'm a new listener from Texas. I've only recently come across your podcast, but I'm hooked to say the least. I saw the image below the other day, immediately thought to share it because I thought this is the origin of the Baffled Podcast or Connor Explains. That's up on our Instagram if you want to see it, at Baffled Pod. But it's basically the brain as you go into sleep going, can cows swim? And then immediately wanting to know the answer. Yeah. How does I man clean up after himself? That's what I'm always wondering. Now we know. Uh, there's so many interesting things I've learned. I love a good laugh when I'm on the road and listening or even just doing a random task in my day. I'm glad you haven't hit the end of the barrel of facts yet, as Connor claims. Uh, And I have an inquiry to add on to your extensive five to ten minute research prior to the episodes. How do aeroplane bathrooms work? You lot talk about toilets a bunch on the show, so I can't wait to hear what you come up with on this one. Really enjoy the podcast, especially you comedic trio. Socially distant, Alina. So they drop the over the Atlantic Ocean. Do they actually? I thought that was a myth. Yeah, no. no matter what flight path they're on, even if they're nowhere near the Atlantic, they'll circle back, drop it over the Atlantic. I thought it was a myth. I think surely they have to do it when they're doing the changeover. That They've just got a quick system of <laughs> sucking it out, surely. I, 
I love it. I love it. We're, we're yeah. due to land in JFK in around 10 minutes. We're going to take a swift little trip over the Atlantic Ocean to yeah. drop some sh- R- Rogers had a biryani. Connor's IBS is flaring up again, so we need to go a few a few thousand miles out of our way. Thank you very much for that, Elena. There you go. If you would like to be like Elena, then we'll ask us any question about... Why is it always about toilets? It's info at bafflepod.com and we are at baffledpod on Instagram and TikTok. It's time for the last round of facts from what we've been lovingly described as comedic trio. Connor, what is it? Webcams were invented because people wanted to check how their coffee pot was getting on. What, what an idea. Now, it, is this why they was invented or was it just they were inventing it anyway and it was a good first use? So you have the University of Cambridge to thank. They were so sick of leaving their desks to see if their coffee pot was ready that they set up a live stream from a camera to their computers so they could check for their seats. And there was the birth of the idea behind a webcam. It was using the web to see other things. The webcam. I dread, I dread to ask you about your webcam stories when you were growing up. Dread to ask you about them. Well, I actually covered my webcam up with a little bit of camera on my laptop, with a little bit of um, yeah. tape on my laptop, yeah. because I, I just don't trust I it. I dread to think what Mark, what Mark Zuckerberg wants to learn from your life. Oh, what's Connor doing again? Oh, he's in the poo palace. Oh, there we go. Yeah. What's he doing? Oh, he's playing Switch again. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder whether, as I say, they were having the idea anyway and they had made it and they thought, oh, let's, let's have a look at our coffee. Might as well. It's something to do. I don't think so. I think that actually there was a, that, that, that was the stem and kind of the source of this idea. What I can imagine they was having some fun. They're nonsense geniuses, obviously. They're sitting in Cambridge. They're chilling out. They understand how to make really cool and wonderful things because they're clever people. And they wanted to just create this thing. And it was behind the idea. They kept having to get up to check their coffee and the webcam was. But I think there's nothing more to it. I think it's just a great story. I feel like it's a nice test object. But I also feel like there's easier and simpler solutions than going, we're going to invent the webcam so we don't have to get up and check the coffee. I'm with you. Please, just, please share. Just, just move, just move the coffee machine. What? The coffee brewing? Maybe they're using a cafetiere. No, they're not using a cafetiere. They're, they're using one of those drip down things. I would imagine, aren't they? Very popular in America. You know where? If, if, what's that called? If they are that fast, filter coffee machine. There you go. University of Cambridge. Fast, was it Cambridge? Just move it into the office. Yeah, it was a team of computer scientists. Here, what? Here in the UK? In the UK, yeah. That very that does surprise me. You, we don't really care about our coffee as much like that, do we? That's interesting. Don't you dare speak. Yeah, but don't you hate it when you have to get up and check whether it's done? Just pour a bit of hot water in those granules. They'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can't wait to come over yours for a cup of coffee. Christ. Well, no, never going to get an invite. I'm just going to schlep away here from Essex to have a cup of coffee. <laughs> Mark, give us your last fact of the show. John Krasinski wore a wig for the whole of season three of The Office. Well, this is... But not even the show creator knew that he was wearing a wig. This is fantastic because it's my my favourite show. Season three, it's a, a fairly depressing series in The Office because Jim and Pam are not together. Jim has left. He's gone to a, a different office because he made advances to Pat. He declared his love and she went, no, I don't want it. And then she broke up. But there's a lot going on. Anyway, why is he wearing a wig? I imagine because he was in another film at the time. So he, yeah. So he wanted to be in a film called Leatherheads with George Clooney. So being in this film required him to cut his hair. And Jim in the office obviously has quite famous, you know, he's got, he's got nice locks. He's got yeah, nice a locks. scruffy mop, yeah. So he went to the show, he went to the show creator, to the show runner, to Greg Daniels and said, look, 
want to be in this movie. I'm going to wear a wig. Yeah. And he went, nah, 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 nah. We're going to notice. So John Krasinski hatched a plan. He went to the hair and makeup lady and went, I want to wear a wig. Gosh. So he wore a wig for a whole day of filming without the show creator knowing, then went to the show creator again, or the showrunner, sorry, Greg Daniels, and said, look, just let me wear a wig. And he went, no, I'm going to notice. They're going to notice. At this point, he pulls the wig off, says, you haven't noticed all day. Greg Daniels goes, yeah, all right, fair enough. Let's him be in the movie, cuts his hair, wears a wig for the whole of season. Christ three. alive. It's, it's a big old story, isn't it, for someone who wore a wig on set. I was going to say, God, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy that little tale? But it, it was like I was there. It was like I was there in the office at that point. Oh, and then he said this, and then he said this. Thinking, Christ, we've had we've had we've had less chat about huge historic facts in the world, and here we are with an yeah, actor who shaved his head to wear a wig for a part. Of, <laughs> but to be fair, though, Connor, hey, if you, you don't get, get the whole yeah, story, you, you don't get the facts. You didn't get a live reconstruction, did you? So you know, it was it was like it was like one of those crime watch things. I felt like yeah. I was there, Christ alive. Do you know the best bit about this? I love the facts because it is a really great fact, and I love the show too. But when you was going through describing that, I was looking at Dan. And Dan was looking at me and I knew exactly where his head was at the whole time you were describing it. I was like, is this ending soon? Are we almost there? <laughs> and also, I knew what the payoff was because you said it at the start. Hey, this guy <laughs> this guy wore a, fig, wore a wig throughout filming. Can you guess how it happened? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Bottom line, I have no more on this fact and I just needed to string it out. Do you know the best bit about it as well? With the, wig. the end bit. And he, pull, he pulled the wig off and... Oh, what? You were wick? Oh my god! I know. Like, oh, Houdini could have done it better. Listen, thank you for that. Third and final fact from me. Ninth and final fact of the show. Um, on average, you're eating a credit card every week. I am eating credit card every week. It's true. What about Connor Mark with his Amex? Yeah. Connor with his Amex. Yeah. Um, you're eating about five grams of plastic every week on average. It's the equivalent equivalent of a weight of a credit card. Wow. Well, just do just do consumption of foods that are in plastics, particles. Sure, yeah. Eight million. Sometimes you're just so hungry that you buy some food <laughs> yeah. from the supermarket. And go, I'm not even unwrapping it. Straight yeah, in. It, All yeah. in. And so, sometimes you're so hungry you can't even be asked. You need to quickly do the maths on what account You've got the least money and so you don't need the card of and then you just eat that card straight from your wallet. Uh, you, you just cut the... Re- report it last, get a new one the next week. It's free food. Yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what you're complaining about. Cut the middleman. Uh, eight million tonnes of plastic... I'm not getting on a soapbox here. Eight, you know, I'm not at him. Eight million tonnes of plastic end up in the ocean every year. They break down into microplastics which get into the food chain and then you end up eating them like that. And on average, yeah, it's about five grams of plastic every week. The weight of a credit card. I believe that. I actually know that plastic as well doesn't doesn't digest because my dog once ate when I was young one of my plastic bullets and it was yellow and it was sitting on the top of his poo in the garden yeah I can imagine that but this is microplastics much smaller you know I'm not you're not eating oh. toys here this was a tiny little bullet yeah well, I don't I don't care what you're feeling yeah, with I, I think my, micros are a lot smaller than your tiny yeah bullet. maybe but it was quite nice to see it again because I only had three bullets and I had two left when he ate it so they all had three again well, there you go. Nine facts done. Yeah, just, just, just wash it with a bit of, uh, just, ru- just rinse it under the tap. Yeah, just put it in the dishwasher. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, Fanny's your aunt. Thank you very much for listening to this week's baffled. What have we learned? Well, the next up and coming superhero, soon to be sweeping up crime on a street near you, is famous broom man, terrible Iron Man's even naffer sidekick. Also, 
you'll never believe it. I need to tell you the story of how Jim from The Office once wore a wig one day. You know, Mark, Mark will catch you up. And who knew fire poles are only in fire stations? Mind-blowing. Thank you very much. It's info at baffledpod.com to get in touch. At baffledpod on Instagram and TikTok. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. We need to think of a Nigel Award for Mark's fact explanation there. I don't know what it is, but it's Jim. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Nigel Awards are coming about in two months. So we'll start taking uh, categories for that, please. If you've got anything that you would uh, like to see as a category in the famous annual Nigel Awards for best and worst and most rambling facts, let us know at info at baffledpod.com. And I will see you next week with West Ham still not having any new players. Until then, bye-bye. Bye.